Alright guys, this is Blake here with the Weekend Recap. It's uh, it's Monday, and man, there was a bunch went on as usual over the weekend. We had the NCAA Tournament with the Final Four. You had Duke, you had UNC. This is Coach K's Farewell Tour. I mean, it's it's... The excitement, I mean, it just really doesn't build any bigger than what it was for that game. And, uh, Lord, and on top of that, we had some bombshells drop this week with Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we got the NHL playoffs getting ready to get started. Lord, we got a game tonight with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. The puck drops at 730, so make sure you guys tune in to your local stations to check that one out. Uh, we also got NBA action. You know, it's a, Lord, playoffs here <laughs> are here for these guys also. We got a few games left in the season. Uh, opening weekend for baseball. So, I mean, it, it's, we got a lot that's happened and a lot that's coming this coming week. So it's, uh, you guys buckle up and get ready for the show. Uh, for starters, let me go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsor here, Great American Florida Gun Show. Uh, without you guys, man, we wouldn't be out here partying the way we do. They've got a show coming up this weekend uh, down in Port St. Lucie. So if you're in the area, make sure you check them out. Uh, they're going to be at the Polish Armory Club or Polish American Club. Let me take that back. It's going to be 343 Prima Vista Boulevard. That's going to be April 9th and 10th. Uh, Saturday, they'll be there 9 to 5. Sunday, 10 to 4. Uh, buy, sell, trade, concealed carry class classes. I mean, if you need it, these guys are going to be able to hook you up. So make sure if you're in the area, check them out. Uh, but let's get this thing started, man. Let's, uh, over the weekend, the, the biggest thing going on was going to be March Madness, right? So you got, uh, Villanova and Kansas squaring off to start things off. You have Duke and North Carolina to cap things off on Sunday. So, I mean, it's, uh, I'll take it back on Saturday. So with it, there's, uh, man, th this weekend was stacked. That's <laughs> uh, I was staying up late for these guys. Now, Get here to the Villanova and the Kansas game. I was worried about Villanova's ability to score points. You know, the last game that they were in was historically one of the lowest scoring games in NCAA tournament history. And then you're going to roll up against the Kansas Jayhawks here. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you guys haven't been keeping up with basketball this season, but these guys are for sure, for real. I mean, this is not a slouch team. I mean, Villanova, they just... I'm watching the pregame with my wife, and I look over. They're sitting here doing this little secret handshake thing that they do in their little little tunnel area, and all these guys just look like the moment was so big for them. I mean, this bug-eyed, everybody's all quiet and doing their little patty cake thing, and then you go over here to Kansas, and these guys are strutting around like they've been in here before. So uh, you could just sense that the the atmosphere just wasn't quite there for Villanova. I mean, Lord, the, the best guy they had going for him was, unfortunately, Colin Gillespie. This dude dropped 17 points with two rebounds. I mean, it's about as good as it got <laughs> all night long for him. I mean, Brandon Slater, he went 16 for eight. Uh, Jermaine Samuels, he went nine points for seven rebounds. I mean, so we, we had some contribution. It's just, man, they, they really ran into a team that uh, – that that put it to them. I mean, you heard in the pregame when they were talking about this David McCormick guy. They said, get him going and get him going early. I mean, and that, that's exactly what they did. 25 points, nine rebounds, one assist. I mean, he he was playing big man basketball in there. Now, I'm, I'm probably going to butcher his name, but it's uh, Ogbajai. Ogbajay. I, I'm sorry if I'm butchering it here for you, but he drops 21 points, gets two 
two rebounds, one assist. I mean, these guys, they, they came in, they, they wanted it. They were hungry. I mean, they were playing big man basketball. They were draining threes on them. It's just, they got up on them and got on them quick. I mean, unfortunately, it wasn't even, I, I dozed off at one point in this game. That, that's just how uneven the play was for this. It's At one point, they did bring it within six, but, I mean, these guys kept it a double-digit lead on most of the night. So, if you were a Kansas Jayhawks fan, I mean, at that you were probably loving every bit of what you was getting there, which which I don't blame you, but uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to play a little bit of the audio here with uh, Villanova and, and Kansas here for you, and, and, and just take it all in, man. Kansas City, they're moving on. Like I said, final score was... Uh, Kansas 81, Villanova 65, but here's your audio. Five to shoot. Harris looks up. Got to go. Brown knows it. Got it. That's the Got shot. It. Got it. May be the one that find the game. Assist for Brown, but how about this? You mentioned it. Big time dagger. First to drive to finish. Get the puppies organized. Fill it. Big time. <laughs> I mean, he he was fired up, wasn't he? <laughs> it's, I, I almost needed a cigarette after that play call right there. So, I mean, these guys, they're moving on, and then hats off to them. They, they, they've they really put themselves in a position to where they've earned this one. Now, we're going to jump over here to the storyline that everybody's been following. And you have North Carolina, and you have Duke. I mean, it, it, this is his yin to their yang, right? I mean, we've grown up literally watching this rivalry. At least I have, you know, coach, coach K has been part of my college experience my entire life. So, I mean, the, this is the pinnacle of what we've got going on here in the, in final four. This has never happened before. You got North Carolina and Duke facing off for the first time in NCAA tournament history. And it did not disappoint. I mean, unless you're a Duke fan. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it did not disappoint unless you were a Duke fan. And and it's just Coach K, man, you got to imagine how this one's going to sit over the years. You know, he sits there. Last home game is against North Carolina. You know, we want to make all these nice little romantic stories for your farewell tour. I get it. But UNC goes in and, and handles business. This was about the time North Carolina started to uh, – to really rock and roll. These guys had really set up an identity finally on their team. Uh, the start of the year wasn't the greatest, but uh, when you got a first-time head coach in there, I mean, there's there's a lot of feeling out, a whole lot of new that we got to get burnt off these tires, right? <laughs> so with it, man, they, they went in and took care of business there at home against them. And then we get over here to the, the final four. Like I said, this is this has never happened before. You know, they've either been on opposite sides of the bracket or they just one's in, one's out. That's just they've never had to face each other. But but here we are again. Cinderella could have couldn't have wrote it any better, right? But Duke, for everything that they've had going on, for everybody that's ever just despised Duke over the years. I mean, how many people hated Tom Brady before he became a, a Tampa Bay legend down here? Everybody was sick of Tom Brady before he made this move. But with it I mean, Duke, he, they've been there. They, they've been the constant forever in NCAA tournament history, and at least in my lifetime. But Coach K and them, I mean, they, they go in there. They go back and forth. The, the game, they're dropping threes on each other. It's just 
score for score, these guys just really just laid it out there on the line. You know, after the first half, you had Duke up by three points, 37 to 34. Uh, on the second half of the game, the Tar Heels best them by seven, 47 over 40. And the final score was North Carolina, 81 to 77. So, I mean, they, that, this was as good as basketball as you could get. So, well, I'm going to step back for a second. We're going to play another clip here. Uh, we're going to have uh, UNC and Duke. Kills. Just hit one. Big down. Step back. Four. Step back. Three. Two. How about the confidence? By one. Might take a while. They're going down the stretch. They're going to run after 10. Inside 30 overall. Love. Ooh. Top of the key. Oh! Big time delivery. And man, let me. It, it don't get any more exciting than that. I mean, that that's just all you heard all night long. Basket after basket, just crowd going nuts with these guys. And unfortunately for Coach K, I mean, that's the end of his story. You know, it's final for the first time he gets to tie it up with the Tar Heels. They he he doesn't get to ride this one home. But he's it's not a bad thing i mean duke i mean how can you be mad about what these guys did this season what how can you be mad about the way this guy's career ended unfortunately you can't win them all <laughs> and that's the situation when it, we're in here but uh to give you an idea how these guys played we had uh palo branchero he went 20 points and got 10 rebounds so i mean we got a double double here we got wendell moore again 10 points eight rebounds almost another double double and we got Trevor Kills off the bench, 19 points, two rebounds. I mean, it's it's not that the effort wasn't there. It's just in the final minutes, it just didn't work out for them. Everything went Carolina, Carolina's way on this one. We got, uh, let's see, we got Caleb Love. I mean, this guy put dropped 28 points on him, four rebounds. We got R.J. Davis. I mean, we're coming off the bench with this guy. We got 18.7 rebounds. And we got Brady Merrick. That's 14 points and four rebounds. And here's the one that stood out to me. And the, this was the difference in the game. This was the final minutes. This is where everything mattered. You got Armando back in here. You know, he only gets 11 points, but this is the big one. 21 rebounds. I mean, this dude just got in there and dominated. He said, this is, this is my game. We're moving on, fellas. The Duke story ends here tonight. And unfortunately, it did. <laughs> unfortunately, it did. And uh, Coach K, God bless his heart, it, it didn't sit that well with him. It didn't sit terrible with him. It's it's he's at the end of his career, and and we got an audio clip here for after the after the final bell. And uh, this is Coach K here. Tonight was a was a battle. I mean, it was a, a game that the winner was going to be joyous, and the loser was going to be in agony and uh, uh, and that's the type of game we expected we would have liked to have been on the other side of it but I'm proud of what my guys have done and uh, they've been an amazing group for me the youngest team I've coached and uh, we had our chances tonight and uh, they made more they made a couple um, more plays than we did, but uh, our guys played their hearts out, and uh, but uh, I'm proud of them. I, I've loved my team, and my staff loves them, and uh, they've been a, just a joy for me to coach. And that right there, guys. I mean, 
maybe I'm lucky. I'm growing up in a generation of just absolute greats. I mean, I've, I've seen Michael Jordan. I've seen Dale Earnhardt. You know, I've seen Tiger Woods. I've seen a triple crown victory with the horse racing. I mean, that's your Dale Earnhardt's, uh, your Jeff Gordon's, your Jimmy Johnson's. I mean, there's been a lot of big shoes that have just absolutely roamed since I've been alive. And Coach K, man, he's on that Mount Rushmore of greats. I mean, you can't deny this, man. Uh, let, let's run down a little bit of who he is. You know, this guy has five national championships. Won them in 91, back-to-back in 92, 2001, 2010, 2015. I mean, that right there alone is a Hall of Fame career. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's nobody's going to be upset if that's the only stat line you give us. But buckle up. It, it, we got a quite, quite a few accolades to get through here. He's won six gold medals as head coach for the U.S. Men's National Team, nine National Players of the Year with 11 honors, six National Defensive Players of the Year, nine honors there, 10 consecutive top 10 AP poll finishes from 97 to 2006, 12 National Coach of the Year honors, 12 Final Four appearances, tied for most in NCAA history, 13 ACC regular season championships, 15 ACC tournament championships, most in league history, 28 NBA lottery picks, most in draft history, 35 NCAA tournament bids, most by one coach, 37 All-American selections, 51 honors, 67 ACC tournament wins, most in league history, 68 NBA draft selections, including 42 first-round picks, 97 NCAA tournament wins, most in NCAA history, 126 weeks ranked, number one in the AP poll, most by a coach in poll history, 517 ACC wins, most in league history, 556 weeks ranked in the top 10 AP poll, most by a coach, again, in poll history. 649 weeks ranked in AP poll, most by a coach in poll history. 1,097 victories at Duke, most in NCAA history at one school. And 1,170 career wins, most in NCAA history. I mean, (laughs) who comes close? Phil Jackson? <laughs> I mean, who who else has done more? I mean, we got Pat Summit. I mean, she's an absolute legend for Ball Nation up there. Uh, the Lady Vols. I mean, that's the only coach that I can think of that even comes remotely close to this level and this caliber. But, I mean, he stands alone. I mean, this dude, he, he's standing on top of Mount Rushmore with a cigar in his mouth. And if you've ever played for this guy, I mean, it, it's... You've done no wrong in life. I mean, this you normally get tied up in a whole lot of scandal and a whole lot of scumbags when you, when you start looking at some of these longer tenure schools. I mean, look, I mean, look at Urban Meyer. <laughs> it's it is had this great coaching career at, at Florida, but man, there was just so much behind the scenes and so much scuzz around this guy. But Coach K, man. Just nothing but pure class. I, I hope they don't change our mind on this with history and things come out later. But, man, you want to talk about living a good life and leave, living a legacy here? It, it don't get any better, man. So, unfortunately, that's how the uh, the Final Four wraps up for this guy. That's his career. And 
you know, they bookend them there with North Carolina. You you lose your last home game and you lose your last Final Four. And who to who other? Your arch nemesis, North Carolina. <laughs> so it don't get no better. Now, I do got a buddy out there in Nashville, Remy, if you listen to this man. Hopefully uh, uh, it might not be the kiss of death. Who knows? Uh, everybody won that said uh, that I thought was going to win. So I, I'm looking for uh, for North Carolina to win this thing, man. These, these guys... They're, they're feeling it right now, man. It's all about timing, and it's all about what you're doing right now. Kansas is tough. They look good. But I, I said going into this, North Carolina was the hottest team. So we'll see if this plays out. And, Remy, man, I, I hope you play it big tonight. Hopefully you win out. <laughs> now, let's go ahead and jump ship real quick. Uh, let, let's keep the ball on the court. Uh, we got some NBA basketball that's been going on. So if you guys haven't realized, we're in – Sit down and rest your players mode, <laughs> which uh, unfortunately has seemed to have gone a little bit longer than Heat fans would really enjoy. But I mean, that's uh, but we've been winning at least. <laughs> it's it's not what the fans want to see though. So let, let's jump back a little bit. You know, last Monday they had tipped it off against the Kings. You know, the Heat they uh, they go in and they win it. You know, one twenty three to one hundred against the Kings. Nothing too outlandish, no big names. Again, we're just back to sitting everybody. Now, on Wednesday, though, I thought we was going to have a little bit more of a game. I really did. Granted, the the score was close enough, but with how much is on the line here, you, you would figure your top two teams, they're locking it up in the Eastern Conference here. So we're, we're trying to, to establish dominance here. You know, whose fence are we peeing on? But uh, Jimmy Butler and crew, man, they show up, <laughs> and bam, uh, you know, bam, bam, buddy, <laughs> get on it. So with it, man, Jimmy Butler, he stepped it up, he shows up, he drops 24 points, gets three rebounds, two assists. Uh, we got Cal Lowry here, 23 points, eight assists. We got Max Struss, 14 points, seven rebounds. We got Tyler Harrow with a double-double, 12 points, 10 rebounds. Bam Adebayo, 17 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists. This dude almost had a triple-double. So these guys, they showed up. It, it meant something to them. I mean, it, it, I don't know if it was pride, if it's because they slipped in the standings and you have the Celtics now number one. But they went in there and, and took care of business. I mean, and it wasn't because of poor play. You got Jalen Brown. He drops 28 points, 10 rebounds. He gets a double-double himself. Uh, you're looking at Jason Tatum, 23 points, five rebounds. Uh, Al Hofford, it's this dude got 15 boards on us, so six points, 15 rebounds. So I mean, it, it wasn't because they weren't trying; it's just because the Heat put it on them, man. And it was good basketball to see. I mean, it, Heat Nation was in just absolute meltdown mode with that little losing streak that they did. But Again, we got to get back to it's that time of the year where they're going to be resting their players. You're probably going to not see your best basketball. These guys, they're pretty much locked in. We got three games left. I mean, what do we got tomorrow? We got the Hornets. Uh, Friday, we're going, we're at home against the Atlanta Hawks. And then we're going to wrap it up Sunday against the Magic. I mean, no hard feelings to our brothers up north up here, but. Uh, uh, I don't think or the Orlando Magic are trying to uh, win more than 20 games this year. So uh, it, it ain't looking too terrible the rest of the way in, man. So 
you guys just strap in and understand that uh, it's not going to be that bad. So with it, uh, we'll we'll jump over here to Memphis. Uh, speaking of teams that uh, are trying to stay alive and and go somewhere, you know, the, the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't think many of you guys down here paid a whole lot of attention to this team. But uh, our listeners up in Nashville and Memphis, man, they, they're not surprised by this team. They, they, they know who they are. These guys went in and took care of business against the Suns, the Phoenix Suns, you know, top of the Western Conference here. They go in and win 122-114. to 114. So you're, I've been saying this for a while now. If you can't score more than 120 points against this team, you're not going to compete. Uh, that you just don't have it in you. <laughs> the stat line is not going to be in your favor because these guys are going to put up points, man. And they're going to put up a lot of points. Let's see. We got uh, Golden State. You know, this was going to be a team that I was hoping to see a little bit more out of. But, again, we go back to uh, we're resting our players. It's time to rest our players, blah, blah, blah. So you don't have Steph Curry. You, you don't have Klay Thompson. You, you don't have all the names that you're used to seeing out there on the court. Uh, the Grizzlies again go in, take care of business, one twenty-three to ninety-five, and a team that uh, on Wednesday kind of caught them off guard. It caught me off guard, honestly. It was the San Antonio Spurs. You know, we're on the road, we're in San Antonio, but this ain't this ain't your Tim Duncan San Antonio team. <laughs> you know, I don't think anybody fears this team. The, the Kawhi Leonard's no longer there. And they took it to the wire with us, man. Uh, the Grizzlies squeak out of that at one for one twelve to one eleven over the San Antonio Spurs. So it wasn't a pretty game. It wasn't one to to hang our hat on. But thank God we was able to put up enough points to get out of that one. But uh, that's what their week looked like. Now they got some games coming up. Uh, let's see here. They're going to be in Utah. They're going to be in Denver, uh, Tuesday and Thursday, Saturday. They're back home against new Orleans and they're going to close the season off against Boston this Sunday. So that game could have a real big playoff feel to it. If they're still battling out there with the heat, trying to see who's going to take, uh, top marks in the conference. But, uh, whoever wants to be the number one seed is really going to be, uh, it, whether they're sitting or, or playing. But the road looks a lot easier for uh, for Miami than it does Boston. I don't think I'd want to take on the Grizzly here at the end of the season. This might be a, a rest of game, or this might be a, hey, let, let's sharpen our claws against quality opponent. That, again, might be resting. So, who knows? I'm, I'm excited to see it. But, again, man, playoffs, they're right here. I mean, we, we could talk about the Orlando Magic if you'd want to, but uh, not much has changed there. So if uh, last time you tuned in and you heard about the uh, Orlando Magic losing, well, not much, of, unfortunately, has changed. <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers go in on Monday, take care of them, 107 to 101. Then the Washington Wizards, they take a visit to them, or they visit the Wizards there, uh, lose 127 to 110. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, take a trip you know they, they'd thawed out a little bit down here and uh they beat them 102 89 so <laughs> oh don't forget yesterday the new york knicks they were in town 118 88 we lost again so I, I don't expect much out of this team i mean you got the cleveland cavaliers coming again they'll be in town tomorrow they go on the road to face the uh charlotte hornets thursday 
and they're going to close it out at home against the Miami Heat. Uh, again, <laughs> maybe they want to play spoiler. Who knows? They might want to try to sneak in their 21st win and, and knock them out of the number one seed. But I just don't see much fight in this Magic team. I, I don't see much Magic in this Magic team. So, so unfortunately, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> Thank God the playoffs are coming. Uh, again, we're we're looking Saturday, April sixteenth. It's uh, you guys get ready for it. I, I don't know who you're pulling for. Uh, clearly, we're not pulling for Orlando in this one, but my Memphis crowd, my my Miami Heat crowd, and Lord, if you got a team that's uh that you're following that we're not talking about, just uh, shoot us a message over here in our uh, on Facebook. You know, follow us there at the the weekend recap. That way we know who you're pulling for. We'll, we'll mix it in. We'll talk about them. But uh, this is small market media, man. We're, we're reaching out to the small guys. We're trying to have a little fun with them. We're trying to uh, give them the attention that they're not getting. You know, it, we're the good wingman. We'll put it this way. You know, when the fat girl's sitting there all alone at the bar, we're the one swooping in, buddy. <laughs> so if you got a team that nobody's giving love to, give us a shout out on the weekend recap. And, and again, we're going to. We're going to put some highlights out there for you. We'll follow the team. We'll keep you up to date with what's going on. But uh, speaking of keeping up to date with what's going on, NHL hockey and the NHL playoffs, I mean, like I said, man, March Madness, April, May, these are the months where all the fun really begins. And we'll, we'll get into it, but baseball, <laughs> the opening opening day is Thursday. It's, we got real baseball. It's spring training's over. We have bats cracking balls. We got pitchers on mounds, and and we got people spitting dip everywhere. So, but uh, let's roll over here to what's been going on in the NHL here lately. The Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers have been in a back and forth struggle for power all season, and unfortunately, the the Toronto Maple Leafs have made their way into the mix here. Uh, there forever, if you looked over at the Atlantic Division over here in the Eastern Conference, you had the Florida Panthers sitting on top. You had the Tampa Bay Lightning sitting here, number two. And they would leapfrog each other every once in a while throughout the season. But they were just consistently there at the top. Uh, and they're, they're battle-tested. It's not like they've gone in and played any slouch teams just to, to coast their way into these positions. But they uh, they've had some ups they've had some downs here recently unfortunately but uh like i mentioned the the puck's getting ready to drop on tonight's game here with the toronto maple leafs so maybe the tampa bay lightning i mean this is a whole lot of playoff implication this is a whole lot of where you're going to be in this bracket we need to make a statement here against the toronto maple leafs we we need to go in and we need to have a game plan i mean this is uh this isn't one of the games that you just want to lose. I mean, it's it's not it's not the time of the year, and and certainly not the team that you want to lose to. I mean, it, it's got a whole lot again, a whole lot of implications on how the season's really going to play out and how the playoffs are going to shape up here. But uh, let's jump back to Tuesday real quick. Uh, talk about when the Lightning took on the Hurricanes. Uh, they take it to overtime on them. They went out uh, four to three against the Hurricanes. And that's the other team in the, this conference that you really got to pay attention to. So it looked really good to have the Lightning actually go in there and handle business against the Hurricanes. Now, we have them on Friday. They took on the Blackhawks at home. And again, historically one of the better teams. But with this one, guys, it's uh, 
the Lightning take it home five to two. So I mean, we're feeling real good about ourselves. You know, we're we're starting to roll into the last month here of of regular season play. Lord, I mean, we might have two weeks left to play, but I promise you there's like a hundred games in between it. So we need every one we can get when it's this tight. So it takes us to Saturday where the Lightning host the Canadians. And uh, unfortunately, this thing goes to a shootout. The Canadians take it home five to four against the Lightning. And, and that's what's put us in the position we're in today here against the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're in a position where we need to go in and beat this team if we want to remain the number two team behind the Florida Panthers, you know. We've got some quality wins under our belts, you know. But uh, this is one of these playoff teams that we're going to have to get around. And the playoffs might be starting now for this team. So make sure you guys tune in. The, the puck should have just dropped. And, again, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Now, speaking of the Atlantic Division and the Florida Panthers, we're going to roll right on over here to number one the these guys have reached a few milestones this this season with 28 home wins which ties or which is their their home win record these guys are going to win the atlantic division which has not been done before by this team and they are in a very very good position to win all of this i mean it's uh some of the students I deal with and talk to, they'll they'll get to talking about uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, what all they're doing. And I was like, have you guys not seen the Florida Panthers this year? And they're like, we've got another hockey team? <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of people don't really know about this team. And these are local people, too. I mean, it's, Florida hasn't really had a whole lot of experience or a whole lot of uh, – a whole lot of love for this team down in Miami. So with it, it, it's good to see them on the map. You know, let's bring attention to them. They're they're one of the best teams in hockey this year, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are chasing them all year long. So if you guys haven't been paying attention, it, it's it's time to. It, it is playoff hockey time. So if you want to see some of the best teams going at it week in and week out. Just check in on these Florida teams, man. We'll get to Nashville's team here in a minute, and I don't suggest y'all check in. Check in on your friends. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Check on your friends in Nashville, man. But let's talk about what the uh, the Florida Panthers have been doing here. You know, we take on the uh, the Canadians here on Tuesday, and we put it to them, man. You know, they, they put seven pucks in the net. <laughs> so they go in and they win this thing seven to four. The Blackhawks, you know, they're in town on Thursday. Again, one of these historic teams that you expect a whole lot out of, you know, and they just drop a big old goose egg. The Florida Panthers take it four to nothing. And the New Jersey Devils, you know, another team that's just really been historically a tough team every time you play them. We take it to overtime and win this thing seven to six. You want to talk about action. I mean, my goodness, I, I probably would have wanted to throw up at that game. My anxiety would have been through the roof. If you're a defense lover... That is not the game to go back and rewatch. Now, yesterday, the Buffalo Sabres were in town. And let's be honest, man. Ain't much good coming out of Buffalo other than their Buffalo Wings. I mean, I appreciate them for that. Josh Allen, yeah. I mean, y'all might have something going with him, but let's be real, man. There ain't much coming out of Buffalo. This ain't Jersey Shore we're talking about. But tomorrow, after hopefully our Tampa Bay Lightning go in and and mop the floor with these Maple Leafs. They're going to be down in Miami taking on the Florida Panthers. So 
if you want to see some good divisional play, some good conference play here, these next two days between the Lightning, the Panthers, and the Maple Leafs, there's going to be some good quality hockey to be watching. Uh, Friday again, they're going to be taking on the Buffalo Sabres, and uh, Saturday, man, the Nashville Predators, they're going to be hosting the Florida Panthers. So it's uh, Predators, man, you guys are about to get a taste of reality. Speaking of Predators, you know, it's this team's been hurting my heart all season. <laughs> it's been so sad for me. It's no secret. I grew up in Nashville. I'm a Nashville teams fan. I'm a Tennessee teams fan. And we got some listeners up there, so we like to give them some love. Well, man, there ain't much to love about what the Predators been doing, <laughs> unfortunately. So we'll start with Tuesday when they took on the Senators, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, they win 4-1. to one. So, I mean, make yourself feel good. But as much as I bashed on the, uh, the Buffalo Sabres, man, the, the Predators just couldn't quite do anything against them. Uh, they lose that one 4-3. to three. And this is going to be a tough test for them coming up here tomorrow. Uh, they, they got a really, really tough-nosed team that they're about to lock this one up with. Uh, they're sitting number two here in the Central Division, the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the Predators have gone in and beat them already this season. So it's not like they can't get to that mark. It's just, it's not been great hockey, man. I mean, we're sitting here 39 and 25. I mean, it could be worse, I, I get. But we're we're not used to being on that bubble there in Nashville. We're used to being on, you know, having things locked in a little bit better than what we do. But I'd love to see all three of these teams to make it off into the to the Stanley Cup playoffs, man. Uh, May 2nd's just right around the corner. So there's a lot of uh, cleaning our acts up we got to get together. But uh, I'm looking for some really, really good... Uh, playoff hockey come may man it's uh i'm ready for it there's nothing like a bunch of hockey guys getting together and just going nuts downtown around the arena i mean tampa bay uh said lord i don't know what they're doing down there in miami but i could tell you what they're doing in nashville and i probably shouldn't say that one on air <laughs> so let's uh let's hope these guys can really pull it together but guys, we're up against the uh, the clock here. We're going to step out and take a break real quick. Uh, again, give a shout out to our sponsor, Great American Florida Gun Show. They got a show going on this weekend in Port St. Lucie. So uh, this April 9th and 10th, make sure you check them out. They'll be there 9 to 5 on Saturday and 10 to 4 on Sunday. So uh, buy, sell, trade, conceal, carry class permits. Uh, you can find it all there. So we're going to go ahead and kick this out to our sponsors real quick. Looking for a fun weekend of buy, sell, trade, guns, knives, ammunition, and much more? Or maybe you're looking for a concealed carry class? Then go to GreatAmericanFloridaPromotions.com, where you'll find the Great American Florida Gun Show. Dates and location for 2022 are up now. Shows coming to Lakeland, Port St. Lucie, LaBelle, Haines City, and many more. Don't forget, it's GreatAmericanFloridaPromotions.com. Or call 772-577-9647 for more information on dates and locations. Hi, I'm Jeff Berardelli, and I am excited to join the Max Defender 8 weather team as Chief Meteorologist. I started my career in Tampa, so it is great to be back. I love the lifestyle here. It's boating. It's fishing. It's scuba diving. I love the weather here. I am so excited that my family has a chance to experience the love for Tampa Bay that I have. Watch Max Defender 8 Chief Meteorologist and Climate Specialist Jeff Berardelli weeknights on News Channel 8 on your side.
All right, guys. Uh, appreciate you hanging in there with us. This is Blake again. We're back. Um, we're we're looking here at the uh, NFL playoff, NHL playoff odds. So just trying to see what chances the Nashville Predators have just to even sneak in this thing. So playoff odds, you know, we're sitting here at eighty three percent. So th there's some hope for us. <laughs> now. If you want to look over here at the other teams, I mean, I think it's a pretty good lock to say that the Florida Panthers and the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be in this thing at this point. Now, here's some interesting odds that I'm seeing. You know, this is where they start to really separate everybody when they're talking about making it to the second round. So the Florida Panthers, they're sitting about a 65.7% odds here. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, 47% chance of making this thing to the second round. And the Nashville Predators have a steep drop-off about this point. You know, about 31.6% chance of moving on to the second round here. Now, we're, we'll move over here to the third round. And I think this is really where they separate the men from the boys. Uh, as it sits, the Florida Panthers have a 33.1% chance of making it over into the third round. 24.4% for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And our lowly Nashville Predators dropped down to 13.6%. Now, odds favorite on winning this whole thing. It's, it's a, it's a toss-up. I mean, you're, you're looking at two teams here. Uh, the Florida Panthers at 17.6. The uh, Colorado Avalanche at 17.9%. So, I mean, they're about as close one and two as you can get as far as betting favorites uh the carolina hurricanes you know that, that they feel pretty comfortable there at 15.9 percent uh so it's uh it's a lot tighter there at the top <laughs> it's a whole lot tighter uh you're looking the toronto maple leafs the florida panthers the colorado avalanche the boston bruins the carolina hurricanes the tampa bay lightning the new york rangers minnesota wild Pittsburgh Penguins, the Calgary Flame, the St. Louis Blues, the Washington Capitals, the Edmonton Oilers, the L.A. Kings, the Nashville Predators, the Dallas Kings, and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. That That's their uh, the odds favorites of making it into this year's NHL playoff. So we're going to slide the puck on over a little bit. Uh, we've had quite a bit. I mean, I don't know why they call it an offseason, to be honest with you. But we've had a whole lot of action <laughs> this off season, and here locally, uh, the good old uh, Bruce Arians, man, the, this Tampa Bay God soap opera <laughs> is uh, is going live and well since Antonio Brown's appearance. You know, it's this guy stripping his jersey off on the sidelines and throwing his gloves at fans and running through the uh, the end zone while they're lining up to run another play. He's a uh, all the back and forth in the off season with uh, his uh, Twitter account and his PR <laughs> lack of PR. So I mean, that was a, enough Jerry Springer, I thought, for an off season that we could, you know, really, really want. But I mean, it's been wild. I mean, just the quarterback transitions and transactions that have gone on. Who's been traded? I mean, who thought they'd see Russell Wilson as a Denver Bronco? Who thought they'd see? I didn't think I was going to see Deshaun Watson in anything other than, you know, jumpsuit orange. <laughs> Certainly not Cleveland Brown orange, you know. Uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's down here in Miami. I mean, is this uh, the coaching staff giving subtle hints about uh, 
to his longevity there with the team because <laughs> you wanted to make sure you had a backup, <laughs> but which didn't make sense about the backup. <laughs> you know, we're going to bring in somebody that's just as injury prone, right? But uh, Tom Brady retiring, unretiring, and this is kind of where where we get into this whole whole segment here, trying to figure out what's going on here in Tampa. You know, Tom Brady came to us because he wanted to have more of a Peyton like control of the offenses. You know, it's something he wasn't getting up there in New England. You know, Bill Belichick had final say. He had that much control over everything that went on up there. So he wanted to come down here to Tampa, you know. And Bruce Arians, he's released a uh, a statement. Uh, Todd Bowles, Lord, spoiler alert, is now head coach. But uh, I just wonder how much smoke there, or how much fire there was to the smoke that you was hearing about uh, Tom Brady not being happy with uh, Bruce Arians. I, I'm hearing from people around the team talking about it had a lot to do with Bruce Arians being overly controlling of the play calling and the audibling. It's uh, heard some conversation that calls were coming in six seconds before the uh, the play clock was expiring, and there was just a lot of uh, control issue going on right there, a power struggle, so to say, on who's really running the offense. It's... Uh, so, I mean, you hear a little bit about that. And Tom Brady, I think, took the approach of, hey, if we're not going to do what I said, I'll do exactly what I need to and retire, you know. And I don't know if he was strong-arming somebody. Uh, there's a chance of it, but Bruce Arians isn't a stupid dude. I mean, this guy is one of the better football coaches I've seen. You know, he he's taken a lot of players that many people didn't think much about. You know, a washed-up Carson Palmer, a washed-up uh, Kurt Warner. You know, I mean, Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck, but he had one of his best seasons underneath him. And it's hard to say that he's made Tom Brady's career better for him. <laughs> but, you know, Tom Brady goes and wins the Super Bowl with the guy. So, I mean, it's not like we're dealing with some schmuck here. You know, Bruce knew he had an exit coming up. He knew he was getting ready to retire, and he's a good dude. You know, he he's about leaving a legacy. So... I feel there might have been some conversation had they reached out to Tom Brady to let him know, hey, man, he's going to be retiring. Todd Bowles will be stepping up as head coach. So Tom Brady knows this stuff is going in. I don't think they're going to bring Tom Brady back in and then pull the rug out from under him like this. I'm pretty sure he was well in those conversations of what's happening there. So with it, man, I take it as a uh, look, don't leave the team. Let's put Todd Bowles back in a position to where he can win immediately. And, you know, I'm just going to take a step out. I know I'm retiring here in a couple of years, so it's time for me to do my thing. And it explains a lot about these contract extensions. You know, I said there had to be something to all these three-year contracts. You know, everybody got a three-year contract or contract extension. So it's it's kind of a weird number to hit on. You know, you normally don't want all of your best players coming up for free agency at the same time. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But uh, I think that was just to make sure Todd Bowles had the best possibility to win. You know, when, how often do we give head coaches more than three years to figure it out before we're calling for them? I don't know about you guys, but uh, normally when you have to take over a team, it's it's not a great situation. You know, you're going into a, a failed program. You know, you're going into a situation where things were so bad they had to go in there and fire the previous guy. 
So what he's done for him, man, is just completely bailed him out of any scenario and any situation that would have caused him to fail. It wasn't a good showing there with the Jets, but, <laughs> but I don't think it's been a good show for the Jets since Namath, right? <laughs> so on that end, man, I, I don't think I'm going to fault him for anything he did up there with the well, up there with the Jets. Uh, it's, uh, you fix the ownership group and fix what's going on in that house, you can probably fix what's going on with that team. So his best opportunity is what he's got at this point. I mean, I don't think you could have got it laid up any better. You've got a Hall of Fame, greatest to ever do it, quarterback. You've got his center. You've got his targets. You've got his weapons. You've got your defense. You're not going in and creating a system. The system exists, and it's your system. So, I mean, the, the culture that you got to build is there. So it don't get any better. I, I tell people at work all the time, you got two positions that absolutely suck to take any time in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. I'll take it and be the worst at it just to get paid what these guys are getting paid. But, I mean, to take over as a head coach, again, you're going into some of the worst situations. Byron, Byron Leftwich is probably wiping his eyebrows saying, thank God I didn't go into the Jacksonville job. No offense, listeners, but... Uh, until you guys show me you've got it turned around, it's going to be hard to buy that one. Another thing is quarterback. <laughs> you don't go to a team as a highly touted quarterback without going to somebody that's got like the number one overall pick or is picking within the top two or three selections. And it's, that's normally because their team is so bad that... <laughs> They are rewarded the best talent. I mean, so it's, it's really not a situation that you want to get yourself into. I mean, heaven forbid Trevor Lawrence has a clean pocket. Poor Tua Tagovailoa, man. That guy's ran for his life. <laughs> so it, it's not the sexiest picks. Sometimes you just got to play the long game and go after some uh, some offensive linemen, which we'll dive a little bit in, into with uh, next week's show. We'll, we'll start talking about draft selections and and where we might go and who we might need to go to. But uh, with it, man, <laughs> quarterback is not a a position I ever want to be selected highly in. <laughs> it's just because you better be sponsored by Aflac. So Aflac, if you're listening, give us a call here at the station. We're looking for sponsors also. <laughs> no, but uh, you you got to look at it that way. Head coaches and quarterbacks just get handed the roughest task, the biggest tasks. I need you to be a great quarterback in a terrible team. I need you to be a great coach in a terrible organization. Now, Mike Vrabel, when he came into the Tennessee Titans, rookie head coach, I didn't know how I felt about this. I was like, man, I loved him as a player. They speak highly of the dude as a coach. But this dude don't know what he don't know. <laughs> and that's that's what I was worried about. And uh, But he had a organization. And granted, we spent decades sucking. Tampa Bay fans, y'all get it. Jacksonville Jaguar fans, y'all sucked just as long as the Titans have. And Miami, God, let's be honest, it's been rough since Dan Marino. So I mean, we, we get the belly aching portion of it, right? But the Titans went in and addressed the unpopular picks. I remember losing my mind when we drafted in, with our first pick two years in a row on offensive linemen. It made no sense to me. What are you doing? We have no playmakers. 
Well, they understood if we had playmakers, they were going to die. <laughs> so we, we had to build that up, man. And it's worked out pretty good. It's, uh, I can't be too mad about what they've got going on there in Tennessee. Uh, there's a whole lot of head scratching about what they're going to do with uh, A.J. Brown. There's a whole lot of rumors from the Jets saying we want A.J. I'm pretty sure Corey Davis has a lot to do with uh, that conversation being up there. They played together. They they worked out great together. The Titans, they uh, they were really hurting after they let him go and took over Julio Jones's contract there. So it's uh, I think the Jets got the better end of all that deal. But there's a whole lot of rumor about uh, the Jets wanting them. I don't blame them. Who wouldn't want A.J. Brown? You know, again, Corey Davis, you know, that chemistry's there. They already know what they're doing. That's their one and two. But, uh, man, I think the Titans would be stupid to let them go. As a Titans fan, we have missed on a bunch, and I mean a bunch of wide receivers. We've literally missed on all of them except for him. <laughs> we, we had Kendall Wright. I think he currently leads the team for uh, drafted wide receivers in yardage with over 4,000 yards. And then you have Drew, Drew Bennett, who was a walk-on undrafted rookie. He goes on and has a almost a Hall of Fame career with the Titans. I mean, nobody saw this a guy coming. I mean, look up Drew Bennett and tell me if you see a, uh, a NFL wide receiver in that man. And then you got A.J. Brown, who is hands down the most gifted wide receiver the Titans have ever drafted. If you guys go and trade that off, man, I promise you don't know what you're doing on picking them. <laughs> you might, we certainly don't know what we're doing when we're bringing in uh, veteran talent outside of Nate Washington. So you better hold on to what you got. And I don't know if uh, you're going to find the value that you're looking for for him. So, but, man, let, let's get to talking about Bruce Arians real quick. So we got a few clips here of uh, Todd Bowles. His, uh, a couple interviews he had, his uh, press conference, and he sat down and, and had an interview explaining a little bit of uh, how this has all transpired and, and uh, what's all gone on. Let's, uh, let's start here with the, uh, the press conference real quick. You know, it's a great opportunity today. Bittersweet, but sweet. He's happy. He's healthy. I'm happy. He's healthy. We're happy. He's healthy. And we're going to try to continue on and do a lot of things that we've done. For me, myself, I'm, the defensive side of the ball knows me pretty good. I'm pretty sarcastic, as despite you guys thinking I'm very quiet, I'm probably the most talking and shit guy on the field uh, at practice time. So, you know, that'll come out pretty soon. The offensive guys know me. They'll get to know me a little bit more from that aspect. I think we got a great group, I think core group to carry on. You know, we have an offense. We have a defense. We have to coach it better. We have to play it better. I'll say that every time we lose a ball game. So, and that's a fact because we're in this thing together. And like you said, man, it's, it's, uh, he was stunned to get the news. Uh, nobody really saw this coming, maybe outside of the Tom Brady circle, the, uh, the ownership, the GM, you know, it's, it's, it, it certainly caught him by surprise. You know, his, his first thing was, is he okay? Is he healthy? <laughs> you know, it, it, normally these type of things happen because somebody's sick, something bad happened. So he was he was refreshed, <laughs> clearly, that uh, he wasn't on the operating table. He wasn't uh, signing his will away. So, I mean, complete hats off the way this thing was handled. You know, it's, it's you normally don't see it play out like this. You have teams that just aren't really set up to have a secession plan. And this is 100% of what this is. Again, here's another clip from Todd Bowles, and uh, this is how he's feeling about things. 
Wow, he said the Glazers wanted to do it. That's a, a big credit to them. Jason wanted to do it, and he felt like the time was right. So initially, I thought something was wrong with him. And then I ended up talking to Jason and Joel that night. I met again the next morning on Wednesday with Jason and Joel and talking to Bruce Moore. And I'm like, he's really okay. He's, he's healthy. He's happy. He's fine. The timing was right. It was strange. It happened this late after the owners meeting. You know, the more you start to embrace it over the couple of days, you, you appreciate everything he's done, but you look forward to the exciting opportunity going forward. And like I said, man, it just, the first thing that came to his mind, just to kind of give you an idea of his character, is he okay? <laughs> I mean, so he's very soft-spoken. If you remember his time with the Jets, he, he wasn't your, uh, he's not the guy you're going to catch on a microphone and give you a whole lot to work with, you know, but behind the scenes, man, he, the team loves him. that this dude will shoot the crap with just about anybody there. So, I mean, he, he fires it from the hip and the, the team just absolutely loves him. They absolutely respond to this guy. Now, one thing that I enjoyed seeing <laughs> was in Dominican Sioux shortly after all this news had dropped about uh, Todd Bowles taking over as head coach. He shoots out a tweet saying, Hey, congrats, Congrats on the hire. But it looks like that uh, team's one player short <laughs> of some talent here. So uh, I don't know about you guys, but that's about as subtle of a hint that you can get for a uh, for a defensive player saying he, he's all in on coming back. So whatever they need to do to finish up that contract or figure that out, man, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure he's willing to take one for the team just as long as he can stay here with the team. So you guys make sure you reach out to him. I mean, I... I Speaking of free agents, we got JPP still out there, you know. Uh, let's stop this dance, guys. You know, let's hold this together another three years. There's a reason why there's a three-year contract on all this thing. So let's put this thing together. Let's let's get this the paper and the, the ink. Let's get all this stuff signed up. So uh, quick thing, you know, while we're on the NFL here, we, we <laughs> I love being entertained. You know, back in my generation, I was born in 85. So we, I got to watch wrestling when wrestling was awesome. Yeah, now not this new stuff that we got going on. You know, this was, was Hulkamania, Macho Man Randy Savage. You know, you had the NWO, you had Sting, you had Ric Flair, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. You know, just all these absolute legends, Stone Cold, The Rock. Well, last night <laughs> we get to add one more person to this this ring of fame. You know, normally NFL players don't transition out too well <laughs> to pro wrestling, and it's always just a, a bad thing to witness. I mean, there's your outliers, your Brock Lesnar's, your uh, Goldberg played football. So, I mean, there, there's a few that have really made a huge splash. But watching Pat McAfee last night, a punter from the Indianapolis Colts, this dude drags his guy up onto the top rope you know they're impressed as he's standing on the second rope and then he takes another step up to the top rope and these commentators are losing their minds we we had a clip but the clip wasn't great it's just them saying oh my god over and over again uh, if you find my facebook page the weekend recap i got the video clip up on it uh, so make sure you check it out but this dude gets pushed off the top rope you know pat mcafee this is a untrained athlete in the ring here. Well, he does a freaking backflip off this top rope and lands on his feet. And the guy that's on the top rope crapped out a turnbuckle <laughs> when he sees this happen. But it gets better. This dude literally does a box jump 
flat-footed straight up onto the top ropes and superplexes this WWE All-Star straight into the mat. I mean, you want to talk about did that just happen? <laughs> but that was that was good to see, man. So uh, hats off to Pat McAfee. I mean, I, I remember watching this dude run down the field and just absolutely truck sticking folks as a punter. You weren't getting around him, and if you were getting, if he was the last one to have to hit you, he was mad about it, <laughs> and you felt it. I mean, if you've never watched that man play football, go ahead and hop on YouTube and type in Pat McAfee and see what we got going on there. Now, <laughs> we we mentioned early in the show uh, we're, we're coming up against the clock here, but uh, we we got a few things going on, you know, and baseball is high on that list at this point. I don't know if baseball fans get as geeked up about the season opening like football fans do, but this Thursday, your defending world champions, the Atlanta Braves, will be hosting the Cincinnati Reds. Opening pitch is at 8.08 p.m. Eastern Time. You might not be a Braves fan, and that's okay, because on Friday, (laughs) we have... The Boston Orioles are going to be in town against the Tampa Bay Rays. So we're looking at a 3-10 opening pitch. Uh, so if you guys are over in the St. Pete area, it's baseball time, man. Uh, we're, they're going to be here till Sunday. Uh, they got the triple header Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So 3-10, 1-10, and 1-10. Make sure you catch one of these games. That way uh Get in there, support the team. Let, let's get these guys to stop flirting with all these other towns like Nashville and Toronto. Let's keep this this team here, man. Let's, let's show them we're here. Now, if you are a little sour <laughs> about what's going on over there in Tampa Bay, we got the Miami Marlins, man. They they didn't do nothing for us last year, so let's hope they could, uh, they could do some things for us this year. They got uh, one more spring training game tomorrow against the Cardinals, and then... Opening pitch, man, that that starts Friday, uh, April 8th. We're looking at a 435 opening pitch there against the Giants. They're going to start the season on the road, but, uh, man, it, it feels good to be talking about baseball again. We're going to have a few callers as the weeks go on that uh, keep up with a lot of baseball. They're going to be uh, discussing a few things going on with the Braves, a few things going on with the Tampa Bay uh, Rays here. So uh, you guys make sure you tune in. We've we got a whole lot coming ahead now. Uh, again, we're up against the clock, so I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, Great American Florida Gun Show. Uh, again, guys, without you, this this week would be less fun. But uh, find us on Facebook, The Weekend Recap, uh, and uh, let us know you're out there. And stay classy, outlaws. Deuces. Deuces.